Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode I'm talking with Leanne Lila Carver, a virtual assistant coach and founder of 2XU, a remote executive assistant service company. Leanne uses her expertise to help overwhelmed business owners delegate tasks and streamline processes. However, our conversation quickly turns personal as Leanne shares her own experiences of overwhelm, including her battle with depression and anxiety, spinning out of a near-death experience, and the coping strategies she learned along the way. In our conversation, we cover such points as how to talk to your inner voice, the biggest challenges entrepreneurs face around delegation, and when to say no. Leanne's life now is one filled with novelty, passion, and curiosity, and she's keen to see others have that same joy in life and business. Before we jump into the interview, if not already done so, please have a listen to my TEDx talk. If you go to my website, businessenjoyment.com, a pop-up will appear giving you direct access. Alternatively, take a look at my LinkedIn profile, and you'll find a link there in the featured section. This talk sets out my ethos that life and business is about so much more than just money, and sets out how you can be successful and happy at the same time. So do check that out, but for now, sit back, relax, take a moment to reflect on your own self-care needs, and most of all, enjoy. Hi, so my name is Leanne Lakabai. I am from Cebu City, Philippines, and I am the co-founder and CEO of 2XU. I'm also a uh, virtual assistant coach. I do YouTube videos and TikTok videos on how to start being a virtual assistant. So I do both ways of uh, uh, hiring and managing assistants, training them, and then training other people how to have assistants. Excellent. So, 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 so the full journey. So no one's got an excuse not to use an assistant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Because exactly. you train the people, give the people, and train the people to use the people. Um, yep. How, what's the sort of split like? Are you? Is it? Is it very much fifty-fifty, or is a lot of your time focused in one area? It's very much just the the agency at this point. Like the the YouTube channel, the TikTok videos, um, is very much my assistant taking care of it. I literally just talk for fifteen minutes a week. She turns it to like all sorts of beautiful things. Um, so it's mostly just the agency is just like um, uh, consulting with the client on how to take care of their assistant, and then also of course training their assistant themselves. Mm. And who are you working with mostly in order to provide these sort of things? Where, where de- geographically and demographically, who are your main people you work with? So I've been mostly working with uh, US and Australia clients. So it's it's perfect because then all the morning, all the meetings are in the morning, and then I can just goof off in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Got the timing right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So how, how did this come about? How did you get to? um to this point now because you've got quite because uh, you relatively speaking I think you say you know you, you're quite young but you've had quite a big journey to get here I understand isn't that right mm-hmm. so this whole thing started when I was 15 years old that's how, how far back it goes so I started as a freelance writer um literally someone saw was reading my blog post and they're like hey can you ghostwrite for me I'm like I don't know what that is but sure <laughs> um, and <laughs> like just- uh just at the age of 15 you what when you say you're writing blogs and things what got you into yeah. that in the first place well when i was 10 or 11 i started writing short stories and poems and all of that and then got into article writing when i joined the journalism club in in high school so kind of just been kind of um stacking one or the other my mom was a writer so it's like it was kind of a natural thing i was i still am a bookworm i'm a huge bookworm so it kind of was just a natural thing that kind of kept happening so uh when i was 14 i started that blog 
got my first actual paid job when I was 15, worked with a um, multiple magazines, newspapers, kind of just kind of kept getting side gigs, did graphic work, video editing, did a lot of basically anytime someone says, hey, can you do this? I'll say yes. And then I figure it out. Um, <laughs> that was kind of the, the pattern that I kept going. And until now, I still do that from time to time. And then um, when I was uh, 18, I started working for this publishing company that was all remote. And then I ended up being CEO of the publishing company was when I was 20, because literally the boss was like, um, yeah, we're starting this other business. Who wants to be CEO? I'm like, can I do it? Um, so that's kind of how it started. Yep, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm so thankful for that past Leanne. Um, she got me where I am. And then um, once that publishing company get got automated enough, and I was like, I was remote CEO for that for like three years. Um, then I was like, I'm bored. What can we do next? Um, and then at that point, I was already training people and coaching people through like, hey, this is how you can, you know, get started working online. And then at the same time, on the flip side, I was also teaching um, for, for us, like foreigners, how to hire from the Philippines. So it was already na a natural thing. These people saw me as an expert because I was talking about it a lot. Um, then it was kind of, a, again, a natural a natural thing that I kind of went into 2XU, which is creating an executive assistant agency uh, because we at that point, we had like a whole force on like how to hire basically I call it how to be a remote uh, boss 101 and not be a jerk um, that's what I call it in my head <laughs> but in reality the name of the course was like how to hire your first virtual assistant but it was like because we taught like you know don't be rude to your assistant you know ask them about their day so it had those points and then we were doing speeches basically on Singapore and Malaysia and then at one point one of the students said I like what you're doing can you do it for me um, and I was like yes figuring out later um, uh, and then uh yeah so it started to exceed when i was uh, officially got our first client when i was 23 um and kind of just been running it ever since and it's, it's my baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm always interested a couple of things that i'm just intrigued by i mean the, the whole thing about say yes and work it out later um power, powerful thing and it get and and it's a great opening for for or mindset that people should have but they can I'm always conscious there can be a flip side where we end up taking too much on. We say yes too much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to have the no and we need to balance that. Have you ever had situations where saying yes took you in the wrong direction when you should have said no? Multiple times. <laughs> because I was, because I was, I, 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 it was funny because I, I, I remember when I stopped doing, when I made the conscious decision to stop doing it, um, it was basically when I turned 25, I was like, yeah, I can't keep doing this, um, which was literally just last year um, that I did stop doing it. Um, it. It was, basically, it was all the times where I said yes to being someone's temporary assistant-ish. Uh, where, where I basically kind of step in and kind of help them out, even though I probably should have given it to someone else or shouldn't be doing it by myself. Um, those were kind of the, the main times because then I would feel a little bit split between at that time, you know, growing to XU and then at the same time being this person's recruitment assistant in some way because like people, uh, friends would, would say, hey, can you help me find this assistant? I'm like, sure. Um, and then I actually got to the point where whenever people say that to me, I'm like, here's now the list of people that I know who could be available and I'm going to leave it to you. <laughs> so I've gotten to that flip side instead of saying sure right away i'm like no here's like uh, i now have a database of other other people that i've trained who's probably going to be good um but you have to figure it out yourself now <laughs> basically how how do you sort of filter that think thinking now in terms of whether you say yes or no to something when it when you get given another opportunity now so a lot of what i do for that filter is um first is is 
have I got, have I done this before? That's now, that's now a question that I do ask with like 11 years of, of experience on working online. Um, that's kind of just a legit question. And like, if I've done this before, it's been like a mind, uh, I, um, decision tree map in my head. So if I've done this before, does it take how long? How long does it usually take? Um, can I actually do it? Um, how much commitment? If it's too much commitment, but then um, if it's like free or, or nothing at all, then, then of course I would say no. But if it's something like, hey, this will actually in the long run, give me like a really good partnership or give me like a magazine deal or something like that of being interviewed, um, then I would say yes. But if it's, it's, if it's, an, it's a paid thing that automatically gets me like um, buzz basically or media and it's, and it's an automatic yeah I, I'll, I'll do it but it's been that way plus now I have my amazing assistant who tells me of like hey you have five meetings that day don't add two more <laughs> <laughs> so she tells me what to do that's been really helpful um, so I'm now from, from being the assistant myself yep yep <laughs> yep um so like uh the f- funny thing is like um tomorrow I'm going on a trip for a, basically a six-day trip and I keep cramming like networking with different people I'm like I'm gonna meet this person meet this person and she's like do you know that your calendar looks like this and and I'm like oh <laughs> never mind this move this around move this here <laughs> so that's been really helpful just having like like uh, let's say like, being from being everyone else's assistant now my assistant telling me what to do which has been very nice <laughs> absolutely um no that's good I, I like that that thought process um because i think it's it's as i say a lot of people sort of um just go one direction or the other without really thinking it through um and as you say it's if you if you work out what the the right thing to do is but without getting caught by the emotion of it then you can start mm-hmm. making a proper decision as to where you're going to go and that saying yes to new opportunities is let's take away the fear because actually there's a benefit but not yes to everything yep uh, which is great um, the other thing you said was that um right bored now what's next is that you do you get bored easy well that's that's the uh not that i don't get bored easy it's just because um of the different ways that i think i can automate things really quickly that then i don't have to do anything and it just basically got to the point where i was i was living the dream at 20 322 i was only working two to three hours a day <laughs> so then i was like spent the rest of the time reading books and i'm like I want to do something more productive. Um, so that's basically like kind of my flow is like, I'll, I'll clean myself up to the point where I can now do the next thing. Um, and then, you know, while I'm cleaning things up, I do get bored a little bit. <laughs> it was like, what do I do now? <laughs> and how, what do you look for? What's the, what tells you where, which direction to head in? I usually ask myself, and this is the same advice that I give to people when they're asking me like, what, what's my passion? Is then I look at what are the things that are filling my day? Um, what are things feeling my day or what are things that people ask me a lot about? Um, what, what do they ask me advice about? So for example, um, like the virtual assistant uh, thing was really easy because people knew me as that person. When um, at some uh, at different points in my life, um, I've, I've gone through like a lot of mental health issues. I've talked about it on Facebook very openly. People didn't ask me about that. So then it, it depends really like books, basically. That's the biggest one that people also ask me, like, what should I read next? I'm like, depending on what you're in the mood in, and I'll just give them a list. So that's the first thing I always look at is like, what, what are people always asking me or what are things that, that I do to fill my time that's just fun for me? And then I kind of dive into that. Yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned mental health issues that you talked about there. Do you want to just, for the for this audience, just expand a little bit further on that and mm-hmm. happy to share where that came up? I guess up? I'm very open 
about it. So uh, it's not something that I'm, uh, I usually hide about. So my own mental health journey started really when I, um, when I was 18, uh, I almost died. So during a super typhoon, um, it was a category five super typhoon, 256 kilometers per hour, more than 15,000 people died. And I almost, almost one of them, uh, basically, um, I'm the eldest of the family. So like in that in itself has a lot of pressures. And then, um, and this was something that I worked out with my therapist. I basically had a lot of guilt. It's something happened to my family if I died. So it was that PTSD that kind of, I carried on with me for years and I didn't even know um, that caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of, um, I was at one point I was uh, diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder and borderline personality disorder. So it was very much that kind of event exploded a lot of different things within my own awareness. Um, it was funny because looking at my Facebook uh, memories as of uh, today, I actually, and I remember this event, it was right after the, the typhoon, I got, I got really sick, I got bronchitis and pneumonia, but I remember making myself sicker just so I would stay in the hospital for longer. And I didn't know that was actually my anxiety already talking um, because I didn't wanna go out of the hospital because it felt safe in there and, and the outside world didn't feel, feel safe. Um, so that it started with that and it's basically been, um, that was in 2013, so it's been um, eight years of me kind of going back and forth and kind of finding what makes sense for me, my coping strategies, how to make sure that I get to a happy place, for, which I am really happy that I got to finally, um, and of course, maintaining this happy place. Uh, so even like on days, like um, it was funny when you asked me like how my day was going, even on days like this, where I'm, uh, it could have, you know, Le Leanne from two, three years ago could have like spiraled. I'm like, I'm able to handle it. I'm able to, to show up for myself, um, most importantly, so I can show up for other people. Mm. So, so, so you, so all the things you've done in terms of building this business and getting to where you are now has been alongside these anxieties, these depression mm -hmm. episodes, yep. and all that sort of thing. How, how did they intertwine each other? How did they interact? Was it a case of on this day I just can't do anything, or you just battle through it, or how did you manage the two? If you were to meet my mentor, who has been my mentor since basically he was originally my boss and now co-founder of Two XU, what his favorite memory of is of of my resilience basically is literally me crying while working and still doing a meeting. <laughs> that's how that's how bad it got. That was one of the one of the episodes of it. Um, and on the flip side, a lot of it was that work really saved me. Like falling in love with literally working for a publishing company where I was paid to read books that was the dream job um that kept pulling me up like it like work working with people working with um learning a lot of really big things like entrepreneurship or like how to make sure that your uh company make sure is is a um, to code to whatever it is needed to to for me to learn like um having to learn like philippine constitutional like labor code and all of that that kept me going um basically having something that my brain could focus on instead of the anxiety and depression helped a lot before therapy and then when of course when i went went to therapy then that taught me a lot of different ways of how i can cope healthier and not work 60 to 80 hours a week because that was the only thing i couldn't focus on so yeah what was the trigger for you to go to therapy or or, or or realizing that actually this was something that needed more work than just bearing the job there were different trigger points because i went through three therapists uh the first one was basically someone who just gave me medicine right away um th that was the first person who actually diagnosed me with anxiety i thought i was having just asthma attacks again um and they said i think this is anxiety here are meds you know see me again on this day and we'll see what if the meds work um and then 
uh, the the um, the mentor I was talking about, he looked at the meds and like, no, this is gonna damage your brain. You're super smart. You shouldn't take this. So I didn't. Um, and and years later, um, my and the next trigger that I had was my my um, grandmother died, um, and that spiraled me deeper into depression. Even though because I was already battling with the PTSD from the typhoon, then when my grandma died, who she was someone that I really like made sure lived during the typhoon like she was one of the people that I prioritized and all of that I was really close with her when she passed away I kind of spiraled again to the point where um I was doing a test basically and then so that was my next trigger like okay I need to see someone again and then that kind of worked a little bit but then at some at the second session she gave me depression pills and anxiety pills I'm like this is not the kind of therapist that I wanted and then the next trigger for that the, the, the therapist that I have until now and I love her to, to bits um, I literally bumped into her um, while I was deep in, in uh, I was having a panic attack almost every day um, and then I was just talking to her she was one of the speakers of an event that I went to um, I just started talking to her and she's like you know do this do this and we'll meet on this day um, and then basically for her the first thing that she said which is why I fell in love with her was she said whatever you're taking, stop taking all of them. We're, we're going to work through this and we're going to give you coping strategies. Like one of the most memorable sessions that I've had with her because I was describing to her what it felt like having a panic uh, attack, um, like shortness of breath, you know, heart going, a little bit of a headache. She made me run up and down her, her clinic, do jumping jacks. So I felt that feeling. So then my brain was like, brain wouldn't always coordinate, you know, having this sim- these symptoms as a panic attack. Um, and that's kind of like started... That was that was me- really memorable because that started breaking down like okay de- I can actually control this I can actually work through this you know if it feels like I don't have control this is how I can get back to it um, so it was those three events kind of like and then now I've I've found uh, my current one um, I'm actually seeing her tomorrow in person because I haven't seen her in a while um, has been kind of just life changing like basically it was just one thing after the other of different events that happened in my life that kept like I think I need help um, yeah. Because mm. uh, it's, it's, I always find it interesting because the thing around PTSD is obviously it's always associated with big traumas. Like you say, you've had a, a, a life threatening incident and wars and these kind of things. But I have found with business owners that they feature in a lot of people for things that appear quite minor, but they're still triggering these mm-hmm. sort of panic attacks and that kind of stuff. So it doesn't, there doesn't need to be one of these major things. And there's a lot of people that probably have anxiety or, or some form of a, what is essentially PTSD and they don't even realize it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. So it's always, always useful to try and sort of pick up on some of these things. And are you, uh, is, is it most of it, the stuff, um, how much of what you've worked on is managing the symptoms and how much is it as un- unlocking those things that actually who you were, what you were thinking at the time? Funny enough, it was during the pandemic, which was, of course, the depths of another bout of depression, that I did get to the point where it was now deeper, the different sides of like why I was that way. At first, it was mostly just coping to get to, to get to the point where, um, because one of the things that my my um, therapist and I did, like, you know, 14 days without a panic attack. Like, that was the first part that she did with me was like working me through, like helping me cope and like getting it longer and longer until I get to the point, it got to the point where it was like six months without a panic attack. And then that's when we sort of started diving into deeper um the different things of of like how i can i can manage the because the, the biggest thing that i know that i did have was just the mean voice in my head that was the biggest thing because like in as a as um you know the stereotype of being an asian uh, eldest is true like there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of um especially with like the the past generations here as as um 
Filipinos, there's like a lot of negativity. So I had this mean voice in my head that I would usually believe, and of course would cause the anxiety, would cause the depression. And I remember, of course, this session very vividly of me and my therapist meeting through Zoom because it was right in the middle of, of COVID. Um, and she kind of walked me through naming that voice in my head. So I would realize it wasn't me. And on the other side, this was like the weirdest experience that I had, but I cried like a baby. She made me talk to that voice in my head of me pretending that I was fully just this voice in my head and then Leanne was different. And it made me realize that a lot of what my, the mean voice in my head was doing was just protecting me from hurting myself or, or getting hurt. Um, so then that was the, that was a, it was that point that everything started clicking in my childhood and like everything else that I was, that was happening um, that really cleared a lot of my own, basically that, that kind of semi-healed all of my panic attacks and a little bit of my, and my anxiety and my depression, just realizing that, that the, that mean voice in my head wasn't me and it was just there to protect me from getting, getting hurt. And that for me, it's, it's an absolutely massive thing that you've said there about the, these voices in our head, these things, the negativity we always talk about. They think th that voice thinks it's doing you a service. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. yep. It's helping you. And our natural yep. reaction is to get angry and resist and, and, and try and put it down and all the rest of it. But talking to it, it sounds like we're getting really weird now. <laughs> we're not going to, yeah. but actually, but actually <laughs> running with it and saying thank you in many ways is trying to do a yep. good thing. I did. Yeah, and and that that calmed it down like by a lot. And then even last year, um, through another just life when my mom passed away, that was like of course like just the most life changing thing ever um, for me. But because I did work out, I did work through a lot of of my own anxiety depression. I was okay. Like that was, that was like, I, like we, we all, like the whole family literally saw my mom's last breath. We were all there. We were all like, and we saw her because she, uh, she had stage four cancer. We, we saw her kind of deteriorate from this amazing, lively woman to just kind of asleep in bed. Um, it was, I, 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 that I keep kind of comparing that. If like, if this was Leanne two to three years ago, before I worked on this part, it would have been like another trigger for, for me to spiral. But I was, I took care of everyone else. I cried it everything out. Um, I continued like my, my usual routines to make sure to check in on myself. Um, so even though I went through that big, big massive thing, um, I was able to get through it. I wasn't, I wasn't as effective as I would have been if I didn't, if I never worked on myself. Mm. Brilliant. Well, that's, yes. I that's very powerful. <laughs> and I can imagine exactly mm -hmm. what that could have could have done to you if you're in the wrong state. Uh, and what I noticed when you're saying there is what you were you were saying you were, you were still caring for others. You were still in that role of being the one in charge. But Eldest. Then, <laughs> <laughs> you so you haven't still haven't got rid of that that role, that identity of that sort of thing. But then also in the same breath you were talking about, but looking after yourself at the same time mm -hmm. and getting a balance between the two. Yeah. Is that one of the things that you've you've learned to do to get the some sort of it was one of those things that basically I got to the point in my life again during during the whole lockdown where the thing that I kept repeating is I can't pour from an empty cup like I can't keep caring for other people if I don't care for myself um that was the the biggest thing that I had to kind of keep repeating to myself as a lesson because sometimes I would forget it um and like um uh as as, as a prime example 2021 really kicked my butt because I also, um, my 10 year relationship was, uh, got ended. Um, and that taught me a lot about being single since I was 15 and like, um, getting to the point where I was like, okay with being by myself, um, of like, and repeating that lesson over and over again of like, I can't pour from an empty cup. Um, 
so then like even when during that that whole thing of with my with my mom taking care of everyone else I still made sure that I made uh time for myself like I call it self dates like I take I literally take myself out on like fancy fancy date last Valentine's I took myself to like this re- the most expensive date I've been on and it was just me <laughs> but it made me feel really good about myself of like this is how far I've, I've gone like I'm, I'm able to do this so this is how I, I'm able to take care of everyone else mm. I love the fact that through all this, you, 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 you're on this personal journey of doing everything for everybody and being responsible for everybody and, and learning how to let that go and how to, how to be this different person that allows, um, hopefully allows other people to do some stuff, but it's not all on you. And, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what your business is for other people. Yep. Exactly. I've basically kind of leaned into being that eldest. Like I've, I've literally my brand name in the Philippines is called Virtual Ate, like the online big sister. Um, that's what what Ate means. So I've literally leaned on it because like it. it's yeah. an identity that I love that I do have. Um, but at the same time, like a lot of what I teach, a lot of what I talk about is you have to take care of yourself first, so then you can take care of other people. Um, and that's kind of like how I've kind of built my brand and identity around that of like, um, you know, you can be this super like you know, productive person who's like kicking butt and like taking names, but you also have to make sure that you t- check in with yourself if you're okay with it or if you're okay yourself with what you're doing. Mm. I, I mean, clearly that's one of the things you, 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 when people come to you looking for a virtual assistant and you teach them how to use it, that's, that's clearly one of the things that, that you're, you're getting them to do. What, what are some of the other biggest challenges people have in using virtual assistants? The first one, and I've, 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 I've identified three. The first one is always like knowing what tasks to give, especially when you are in that state of a little bit burnt out and overwhelmed uh, because you're running your business all on your own. Um, the, that's the first thing that I always help them out with is like, okay, what is it, what are the tasks that uh, you don't have to do? You're not the expert in, you know, you don't have to do website design all on your own. Um, and that's the thing, that's something you can delegate um, and finding that because then that's 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 the first weight out of their heads. Like then that's kind of like a small win. Um, and then making sure that you don't accidentally delegate sales calls, even though you're you have no idea yourself how you do sales calls. It's kind of that of like figuring out what to, what to delegate and what not to delegate. Um, and the second thing is then um, helping create that their systems. So then it's now out of their head. It's not they're not the only person who knows this. You know how to post on Facebook on on the Facebook page. They, their assistant can take care of that. And the last thing is then um, making sure that they build. Uh, I call it building loyalty. That they, the only the fastest way that they can. Have have their assistant as a second brain is to build that loyalty of like you know this is what we're going this is what the, this is what this company is for i really value you as a person this is how, now how we can get to the next level because you've gotten me out of the overwhelm this is now how we can get to the next level mm. and they sound again they sound like things that you probably work through on yourself and were you 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 battling those things was that people showing you was that you working things out for yourself was that how, how did you sort of discover these things it was a, a lot of mix of, of of all basically everything that you just described like a lot of it was me figuring things out a lot of it was uh, a lot of mentors a lot of teachers who who um, worked things out with me and like became my soundboard. A lot of it was also books and courses that I, I, I'm a massive content consumer. Um, I, I'm reading four books at this moment for some reason. I'm reading four books at the same time. Um, but that's just me. Like I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy consuming content because then whatever I learn, I can feed to someone else. I can give to someone else. Um, it's kind of how I see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Excellent. What, what's what's your sort of vision for the future? Where do you see 2XU going? What, have you got a vision as to what, what you want it to be? Or is it just, hey, let's go with it and uh, until I get bored and then I'll find something else or take in a different direction and go with the flow? Well, it's ex it's uh, because of the way that I, I like to set goals and stuff. It's it's basically getting to exceed 200 clients and then kind of capping that off and then having a waiting list because then we are, we're still able to maintain that culture that we currently have of everyone helping out everyone else. Um, I call it, you know, empowering assistance to empowered entrepreneurs. I see that if we do beyond 100 clients, then it kind of gets lost and trickled out because that was one of the things that I learned interviewing so many other virtual assistant agencies that they kind of lost when they kept just getting clients, not knowing when to stop. Um, so that's kind of where I see to exceed. Um, for the next business, I already know what my next business is just because I did get to exit to the point where I'm like just a smidge board, just a smidge, not all the way. I still have so many things I want to do for the company, but it is getting to the point where um, I'm now freed up. Like I can like I, I can take six days going to on a trip because people can, I've, I've freed the systems where people can take care of themselves, which is, of course, then the lifestyle I want to give to our clients anyway. Um, so then I have to live by example, basically. Um, so that's kind of like the, the next thing is getting to 100 clients, making sure that the culture is there, even when we get to that point. Um, and then, like I said, I already have four different businesses I do want to do. So, yeah. <laughs> any teasers, any little sort of uh, trailers to what you might want to get to do next? Well, a lot of it is still connected to XU, like adding like um, you know a virtual assistant arm uh, training facility, so they can tra uh, training assistants, and then they can they can feed into 2XU. Or um, another one is uh, because we do still have the course on how not to be a jerk boss online one on one, growing that. So it's a lot of add for now at least add ons to 2XU. Yeah, so it's kind of building on what we currently have. Um, but I also like have ideas on like opening up multiple airbnbs just so i can have a reason to go to like all of these airbnbs that i want to open up so <laughs> especially now with like where the... you want to travel and then make sure there's an airbnb for where you want to go and then build your property yep up <laughs> yep yeah that's it's in one right. of the reasons honestly one of my goals is to go to new york i can't technically just go there like tomorrow but it's one of the reasons why i haven't gone is i want to have a speaking gig if i go to new york so i can be like I went to New York for a speaking gig. So like, that's kind of like how I create goals in my head. I'm like, I can't travel anywhere, but I want to have an Airbnb I can set up there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was speaking to somebody um, on, on this podcast um, recently and uh, and he's in the property expansion business and how to, how to you know, get, get a property investments going and all that kind of thing. And I hadn't really clocked what, uh, what he was uh, until he said so and you've, you've tapped on it there is that when you do that and you have properties in other countries then it becomes tax deductible to go and see <laughs> oh i'm just exactly. going over to check my investment in that country yep. and that's a business mm -hmm. event, so <laughs> We're just going to take you know, three to five days also in that Airbnb for a little bit, but I'm there for business. Well, exactly. just sure everything's all right, you know, and whilst you're there, you might have mm -hmm. to speaking as well, but I mean, that's all part of the business. So. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Yep. yep. Um, thank you. That's, that's been really interesting. I'd say I love the, 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 thank you for sharing the, the, the dramas you've been through. And I know you've, you're open about it anyway, so you're, you're happy in doing so, but going into, into some of the detail about it, because I say the, these things can get hidden in people. And um, we, th we think we're just like, Oh, whatever, <laughs> but there can be something mm -hmm. deeper going on and understanding ways to get out of that's really important. But the fact that what you, have been through is is also sort of extending into everything you do for other people i think is is a, mm -hmm. a very powerful uh, image 
uh, and representation of who you are. So, um, and I love that concept, yep. the fact that you're a big sister. That's <laughs> a brand. Yep. <laughs> I'm everyone's big sister. Everyone literally calls me that. <laughs> Absolutely only identity. Um, so uh, to bring things to a close, Leanne, uh, the question I ask everybody, and um, I've obviously got a bit of a hint about it, but bring it all nicely together. Um, what is it that makes your bits tingle? Doing something new. Absolutely. One of my literally one of my three values in life is novelty, passion, and curiosity. Combine all those three. It's literally whenever I get to do something new, um, like uh, like the the trip that I'm going to uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take three days where it's just me. Like no, there's no one else around me um, in this big city that is like big and scary usually. But like that's something new that I could do is um is doing that. So like that that always motivates me to keep kind of going and finding what else I can do, what else I can add, where else I can add value, where else I can see past my own limits. Um, or uh, it, it it what it could look like is me like adding you know five more pounds into my workout and like being so sore the next three days or it could just be really really big of like traveling I, I went um traveling alone in Taiwan for like a week um just me and I've never been there before so like things like that always excite me um or you know let's what if I add this new um new thing into the business and like making getting that to the point where we can charge more because we did that one thing so it's it's experimenting and finding new ways um and finding out how other people did it as well that excite me brilliant uh, that's fantastic uh, and again that passionate curiosity is always a big thing that uh, i say if anybody can get that then there's there's no end to where they can go at the end of the day um mm -hmm. about themselves about the outside world and connecting the two together so that's fantastic exactly. uh, leanne if anybody uh, wants to get hold of you find out about the services you offer or find out just more about you what to, what should they do where should they go so our website is just 2xu.com. That's 2xyou.com. It's just like the where everything is at. And I'm literally on every social media because my assistant's amazing. On Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube. Just search my name, just Leanne Lailagaba. I'm literally everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, fabulous. Well, uh, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Um, uh, wish you all the best with the uh, the the, uh, the global property empire of Airbnbs that get you travelling around the world, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> around the world in 80, uh, 80 Airbnbs. Um, and yeah, have a great trip coming up over the next few days. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, this is fun. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and of course share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>